0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, Thanks so much for listening today. Uh, You probably know this if you listen to podcasts, but your willingness to rate and review what you've just heard is a huge blessing to our ministry. Uh, Really, without that, it's almost impossible for people to find us and be blessed by us. So would you take just a second to rate and review this podcast? Thank you so much. Still talking about Joshua this week and the ways that God used Joshua to lead Israel into the land that God had promised them. Let me give you a short recap of where we've been so far this week. So God called Joshua to replace Moses, told him to be strong and courageous because the Lord was going to be with him just like the Lord is with you wherever you go. Then they went in to take Jericho. That was the first big enemy that they needed to take down on their way into the promised land. Some great lessons to be learned there about trusting God, taking God at his word, even if it seems so impossible that God is going to fulfill his promise just the way he said, but It's just a wonderful example of how we can take God at his word. Which is really a great definition of what faith is. Faith is really just taking God at his word. Holding on to a promise that God says and believing it is going to come true even if I can't see how it's going to happen. So they go into Jericho and then they go to their next enemy, which is tiny little AI. And they are defeated because of a man named Achan who had taken things that he shouldn't have when they went into Jericho. And... Some very powerful lessons there on the consequences that come when we step away from God's guidance and also of some very powerful lessons on the abundance of God's forgiveness and how much of our sin it really does cover and it covers everything, no matter the damage that it creates. So then after the defeat at Ai, they moved on. And... They decided to re- kind of. Joshua led the people. He said, "You know what? We've all learned a very important lesson here. Let's just all out loud, verbally say that we love the Lord and we trust Him." And they renewed their they renewed their faith in Him at a, at a mountain, and then they went on to the next enemy, which wasn't just one enemy; it was five enemies. So a lot of the other uh, a lot of the other nations in the area had begun to hear about what the Israelites were doing to all these enemies on the way to the Promised Land and they became very afraid, thinking, we're never going to be able to take them down. So one king, Adoni Zedek, that's his name, Adoni Zedek, had the idea, what if a bunch of us rally together? Maybe all of us together can take them down. And so he gathered four of his buddies, who are overseeing other countries and he made the case and they said, you bet, let's do this. Let's all rally together and let's take on Israel and it will be and it will be really, 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 really great. And they were even very strategic in it. They went after a new ally that the Israelites accidentally, uh, accidentally gained along the way, the Gibeonites. There's another long story there which we won't dig into much today. But the Gibeonites eventually became woodcutters for the Israelites. Again, a lot of details there that we're not gonna cover today. But the five kings got together and they said, we're gonna go after these Gibeonites. And we're going to see if the Israelites are really going to defend them. So they went after the Gibeonites and the Israelites who had made a covenant with them and said, we're going to defend you no matter what. They came in. And they went in against this larger army of the Amorites. And a couple of really, really interesting things happened. Remember, God had promised that no enemy was going to be able to stand in their way. And boy, did we see that happen really powerfully in this interaction with these five kings and the larger army that came after them. So the Israelites advanced against them. And then it says a couple of different things happened. It says that God intervened in this particular battle in a couple of different ways, some very, some very unique ways. And one of the ways was He sent hail, hailstones down from the skies, and He was like picking off the enemy with these hailstones, just pew, 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 just you know, just like that. So God was doing that. The Israelites didn't need to do anything. And then God also, the enemies had chariots that they were riding in to battle with against the Israelites, and God made the wheels fall off their chariots. Just like that. So the hailstones are coming down. The wheels are falling off the chariots. And so God is, God is fighting for Israel um, in some really cool ways that must have given really, stro- really strong encouragement to the Israelites who are going through this and they see this chariot coming at them and suddenly the wheels fall off and they can't do anything against them or they're about to be taken down by one of these enemies and a hailstone just, choo, just takes them out and they don't, have to, they don't have to worry about them. But then there's something else that's interesting that happens. After, the, after we read through the account of the entire battle, it gives us some insight into something else that happened that day, and that the, it says the sun stood still. They apparently needed more time for the battle. They wanted to get the battle done before it turned dark and it would become more difficult to go against them. And so Joshua prayed. He prayed to God and he said, God, would you please cause the sun to stand still so it doesn't set? Stop the sun from moving. <laughs> that's, a, that's an unusual prayer. But God answered the prayer. And scripture takes specific note of that, where it says, it makes a specific point that the Lord listened to a human being. That was a bold, outrageous prayer. But it served God's people, and it was done with full respect for God and wanting everyone to see what a great God we have And God chose to answer that prayer. And that's a strong encouragement for us in our prayers too. There are maybe things that you feel like, well, maybe I should pray about this, but you think, you know what, it's no use because nothing can happen. There's no way that this particular thing could ever happen. There's no way the money could come in. There's no way the person can get well. There is no way that this situation is going to turn out well. You know what? I wonder if Joshua had many of those same thoughts and yet he decided to pray anyway for something really unusual, really big, and almost, well, not almost impossible, but impossible. And he prayed and God listened. Just like he always listens to you and he will always answer with love. One of the greatest examples of that, or the greatest proofs of that, is when Jesus himself is praying. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he is praying. And what's he praying for? He's praying, you know, dear God, I don't want to have to go through with this. I do not want to have to go to the cross. And why? For the same reason you and I wouldn't want to go to a cross. Because it was going to hurt. And for him, he was going to be punished for something that he never did and with a hell that we can't even imagine. And he prayed, dear God, take this away from me. I don't want to do this. But then he, added, he ended the prayer with, but not my will, but your will, Father in heaven. And how did his Father in heaven answer that prayer? With a no. He said no to Jesus. He said no to his son. No to his son's very heartfelt prayer. And why? Because he wanted to show you very definitively that he will always say yes to you always say yes to loving you and caring for you in the way that he knows is best. He always will. So be bold with your prayers. I mean, that's a great that's a great application from from this one. And then there's another there's another line in this in this battle. It says very simply that surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. It was obvious to everyone that day. It's like, wow, something extraordinary is happening here. God is fighting for us. It was so obvious. The same is true in your life. The Lord is fighting for you, today. And what's the proof? What's the day that the sun stopped shining? It says when Jesus was dying, when he was hanging on the cross in the middle of the day, something unusual happened that day too. The sun stopped shining. It didn't stay shining, it stopped. I know the sun doesn't have emotions, but, but if it did, maybe it was because it just felt so sad to see its creator dying right there in front of him but the sun stopped shining. The day that Jesus died, the day that Jesus showed, he will always fight for you, no matter what it costs him.